This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. About 20 miles south of Jeffersonville in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, a new leader started spreading the Pentecostal message. But it was a slightly different message than the one that was spreading from Azusa Street, a message of common interest that was reaching out to both the Oneness and the Trinitarian Christians to bring them together into this new teaching. The leader of this movement denied the Trinitarian belief in the triune nature of God, denied the Oneness belief in a modalistic God, and started a ministry persuading people that the middle ground was a divine inspiration. William Souders, born to Charles and Florence Meeky Souders in Louisville, Kentucky, on September 13, 1879, about 30 years before the Azusa Street Revival, when the Pentecostal message started spreading into the Midwest, Souders stumbled onto a meeting while fishing in the Ohio River. In 1912, he was baptized into the Pentecostal faith. Not long after, Souders started preaching while floating up and down the Ohio River. His gospel boat baptized many into the Pentecostal faith as it moved from town to town preaching baptismal services and praying for the sick and ministry of tongues as was common under the Pentecostal movement. It was when Souter started making claims that God spoke to the world to announce his coming, that his ministry, that he started to stray from the Bible. Souders began claiming that God spoke through the heavens as he was baptizing in the Ohio River to announce his ministry. In this claim, God's thundering voice spoke through the heavens to commission him to spread the Pentecostal message. Evidence of the Holy Spirit, divine healing, speaking in tongues, and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> this was very attractive to many people. To his followers, the ministry of William Souders was the return ministry of Jesus Christ. They associated this baptism with the story told in the first chapter of the Gospel according to John, 
But there was one very important element missing from the story. Christ. John 1 tells the story of John the Baptist as he began to spread the news of the coming kingdom of heaven, preparing the way for Christ. John was the messenger to the people, and his message was to announce the arrival of the king. John did not point to himself, <clears throat> and he did not claim any spiritual significance. When asked if he was the coming prophet, John denied the claims that there were there was nothing more than a simple man crying out for others to prepare for the coming king. He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way, <coughs> the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. John was preparing the pathway for the king to arrive, rolling out the red carpet, and he was asking others to join into this preparation. When Jesus approached John during his ministry, John recognized the anointing. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He says, This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. As John baptized Jesus, the Father spoke from the heavens, announcing to the world that the King had arrived. God spoke to the people present, saying, This is my beloved Son, hear ye him, instructing the people to hear the message of Jesus Christ. What Souders failed to recognize was that God's voice did not point to the messenger, John the Baptist. God's voice did not announce the coming of a man that the world would receive as the announcer of the coming Christ. The announcement was not of a man. God's voice announced the arrival of the king himself. When later asked about this event, John was very clear in removing himself from the picture so that others would focus on Christ. And the focus was not the baptism of John. John was simply preparing the people for the king. He was washing them clean for the arrival of the greatest gift that God would send to the world, his son. When the disciples of John noticed the disciples of Jesus also baptizing the people, they questioned the competition. But John plainly told them that this was not competitors. This was the main event. He said, You yourself are my witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. So this joy of mine has been made full. He must increase, but I must decrease. He said, He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is from earth and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. What he has seen and heard of that he testifies, 
and no one receives his testimony. Who has received his testimony has set his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. He gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the Son has eternal life. But he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. But in Souter's claim, there was no decrease to prepare the way. If this claim were true, God would be telling the people to increase the ministry of Souter's. And the people would focus their hearts on the man instead of God. God would be asking people to focus on the work of a mortal instead of the work already accomplished on the cross. Souders was a very strong proponent of dispensationalism, and he preached that we were now living in the Gentile dispensation. His gospel described the times before this commission, claiming that there was not sufficient grace to rapture the church. The work that Christ did on Calvary was made non-effect during this teaching. The gospel of Jesus Christ is vastly different. The work that Christ did on Calvary was a completed work, once for all. When Christ came to earth in order to fulfill the old covenant and remove the sin of the world, that removal was everlasting. He established an everlasting covenant of grace that did not have a variable speed dial. There was no periods of time when God's grace was limited. But there is nothing new under the sun. No false teaching or false doctrine rises today that has not already been presented to the church of the living God. The same thing happened during Paul's ministry. Paul's letter to the Galatians describes the very same thing, people being persuaded to listen to a different gospel. The word gospel means good news. It is the good news that Christ fulfilled the old covenant law. He died for our sins and he rose again so that we can rise with him. He offered us the gift of salvation by simply believing in him. It is by grace that we're saved through faith in Jesus Christ. Paul rebuked the Galatians for turning away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says in Galatians 1, I am astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. But if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach a gospel other than the one that we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Galatians 1, 6-9 But again, 
There is nothing new under the sun. Satan does not have the power to create and reuses the same recurring themes over and over and over. Souders came with a different gospel, one that pointed to himself, one that caused people to become followers of Souders, one that claimed God spoke from the heavens to announce the arrival of a man. Souders purchased a large plot of land in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, about 20 miles from Jeffersonville, Indiana. His ministry began to spread into Louisville and southern Indiana, and that same theme presented to people with a different gospel back then would be presented once more under a different name. A man by the name of William Branham would later claim the same exact commission. Branham would claim that God spoke from the heavens to point people to himself, but increased the story considerably from the small number of people that was in Souter's gospel boat. Branham would claim that he was baptizing over 500 converts to Christ in the Ohio River when God pointed people to this Jeffersonville minister. He said, 1965, Branham said, Then consider now, I ask you at this hour, you people here of Jeffersonville, in 1933 the supernatural light that fell down yonder on the river that day when I was baptizing 500 in the name of Jesus Christ, as about a 20-year-old boy. What did it say, Jeffersonville? It was at the foot of Spring Street there when the Courier-Journal, I believe it was the Louisville Herald, packed the article of it. It went plumb across the Associated Press, plumb into Canada. Dr. Lee Vale cut it out of the paper, way up there in Canada, 1933. When I was baptizing the 17th person, under this witness, you know the rest of the story. And when I was standing there baptizing the 17th person, a light came down from heaven, shining down above there like a star falling from the heaven. A voice said, as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ, your message shall forerun his second coming into all the world. This day, this scripture is fulfilled. It's 1965, the title of the sermon, This Day, This Scripture is Fulfilled. Branham's claim not only included the fantastic number of 500, but also the significance of the newspaper. God not only announced the arrival of this new minister in his new gospel, Branham claimed that God spread the news through use of the printing press. People from Jeffersonville, all the way up into Canada, were given the choice to either accept his gospel or refuse it. And who could refuse a newspaper article of a light shining down from heaven telling the people that this was God's beloved human in whom he is well pleased. <clears throat> Branham would claim that after the 17th person, 
God spoke to the world to announce this Jeffersonville minister's arrival. Again, he said, 1964, as I walked out in the water with my 17th candidate to baptize. And when I baptized, starting to baptize, I said, as I baptize thee with water, may the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> and when I said that, something struck me and said, look up. And as I turned to look, after the third time it said, a place about 15 foot square was churning up and down in them brassy skies. And down from there came that same pillar of light that came in when I was a little baby and spoke to me in the burning bush, or the bush back there on that day that came into the bush, and come and hung over thousands of people. Listen to that. Thousands now. He said newspapers packed it all across the nation, plumb into Canada. We got the clippings. Mystic light appears over a Baptist minister while preaching or baptizing. But the newspaper did not mention a mystic light and the voice of God announcing a human. There were not 17 converts to have triggered this event. The newspaper article entitled 14 Converted simply states this, 14 conversions are reported in a tent meeting conducted at 8th and Pratt Streets by the Reverend William Branham. I stand amazed, just like the Apostle Paul. I never knew this, the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. I was never taught it until I left the Branham movement. I never knew that Christ fulfilled the old covenant law and presented an eternal covenant of grace. I never knew that the work that Christ did on the cross was once for all. I was raised to believe a different gospel. This gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, was new to me in January of 2012. I studied the scriptures cover to cover, completely shocked that anyone would even want to teach any other gospel. The gospel that has the power to save was replaced by a gospel that placed the people back under a new version of the law. But it was much, much worse. James 2.10 said, Whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. And Matthew 24.12 says, Because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. This gospel... This mixture of law and grace has done just that. People do not keep the entire law, only portions of it. They do not stone their children for disobeying. They do not banish men from the congregation if they're injured in the genitals, or even uphold to the full extent the tithing system. They do not sacrifice animals to atone for sin. They abandon that particular law, to replace it with the atonement given under the new covenant. But they break the law while upholding portions of it, becoming lawless. It's no wonder that new gospels keep spreading. When the love of man grows cold, they look for something else to replace the love of God. The love of Jesus Christ 
is the only love we need. The gospel of Jesus Christ is no longer valuable to the lawless. The ministry of William Souders has died out. Very few today, even in the Louisville area, have any idea that this ministry was established only a few minutes south of town. The Pentecostal movement was the life of the vine, and the, that vine had severed itself from the majority of Pentecostals. It could no longer feed on itself, so it withered and it died. Other Gospels will come. Other Gospels will go. But if their roots are built on the foundation of a man's doctrine, they will wither and die. There is only one nourishment that can support the healthy growth of the body of Christ. And that nourishment is found in God's Word. Thank you.